Welcome back to the 411 Podcasting Network. I am your host, Larry Zonka, and this is episode 78 of the 411 on Wrestling Podcast. You can follow us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, the 411mania.com website, and any major podcasting platform. Please make sure to subscribe to our show, share us around on social media, and if you have time, leave us a five-star review. Joining me today is my good friend, Jeremy Lambert. Jeremy, how are you today? Good. I saw Star Wars today, Larry. Have you seen the Star Wars? I have not. I'm hoping to maybe tomorrow. All right. I won't spoil anything for you then. I could be a dick and just tell you right now that Luke Skywalker comes back from the dead and chops off Darth Vader's head, but I'm not going to do that. Fair enough. I unfortunately pretty much like know everything that's going to happen because just oh, okay. reading all the site stuff and all that I have to cover and accidentally clicked on some spoilers. But what are you going to do? My own fault, you know, so I'm not going to complain. I'll go. I'll check it out. I'll see how it is. But uh, yeah, so good stuff. Jeremy, we got a uh, we're going to be heading into 2020 here. It's uh, December 28th here, but we are going to start off uh, previewing the biggest show of the year. It's two shows, actually, this year. Wrestle Kingdom 14, New Japan Pro Wrestling. It's a pretty big deal, Jeremy. I've heard about this show. I've heard that it's a pretty big deal. Um, yeah, they split it up over two nights. It's What a weekend next weekend is going to be for, for both of us and all of us who get up early to, to watch Wrestle Kingdom and, and New Japan. But it's a, it's a good card, two cards. Um some stuff could be shaked out a little bit more, but but we'll talk about it. Fair enough, yeah. Um, obviously, it's going to be headlined this year by the Double Gold Dash, where at the end of the second night, somebody will be the IWGP, IC, and World Heavyweight Champion. And we have a bunch of stuff to talk about. We have Liger's retirement matches here. And we had pre-show matches added. We have US title, IC title, Rev Pro title, tag title matches. Got a lot of stuff to talk about, Jeremy. I'm pretty excited about it overall. Uh, like you, I agree. There could have been some things done a little better, but I think overall for a two-night spectacular, it's looking really good. And as we know, they have a lot of guys in position to deliver great matches. Yeah, the the match quality over these two nights um, isn't really going to be in question. Like that's just kind of what you get from from New Japan uh, nowadays, and what you've been getting from them for the past few years now. I'm always more fascinated by by the booking and the the angles and and just where they're gonna end up going with a lot of stuff. Because I know the matches, assuming nothing bad happens and everybody is uh, motivated to work hard, are gonna be fantastic. That's right. So we're going to start off on uh, the January 4th card, obviously. And uh, we have pre-show matches, Jeremy. Um, we had yeah. a couple added to the show. First off, Togi Makabe, Tomiyoki Hanma, Yuya Yorimura, and Yoda Suji facing off with Alex Coughlin, Carl Fredericks, Clark Connors, and Toa Hanar. Um, yeah, it should be whatever it's just get some young lions some some time get some uh dads some time and the the dad team will most likely win i i think the dad team probably will win but i think that hanare should pick up the win in this match because right now he's been out of the young lion stable for a couple years now and he kind of feels like He's a frat guy that graduated college, but two years later, he's still living in the attic of the frat house with all of his friends. That's okay. That's a good spot to be. 
Yeah, but like they they keep teasing they're going to do something with him. And I really think that even though it's a pre-show match, I think him picking up a win here. Fuck Pin Hanman. Nobody gives a shit. Shouldn't be wrestling anyway. Um, yeah, <laughs> let him let him pick up a win here, man. And um, I mean, I think that's what should happen. The dads probably win, but I'm actually going to go with uh, my official pick will actually be Team Toa Hinari. Okay. I, I hope that the uh, Young Lions win. I, I think that you now wrestle kingdom you can do something like that give these guys some shine especially an ra and um who won the the young lions cup didn't carl fredericks uh, yeah fredericks won so like let him get some shine as well so yeah I, i'd be fine if fredericks or Hanare picked up a win here yeah i agree uh next up sticking with the dad's theme kojima and tenzon facing off with uh nagata and nakanishi this is a rematch from the um Final night of the World Tag League Finals where Nagata and Nakanishi actually won. Um, they actually had a really enjoyable and solid match overall, despite the fact that Nakanishi moves like a glacier. Uh, I think uh, Kojima and Tenzon will get the rebound win and even things up with their uh, fellow dads. 50-50 booking. Yeah. It's pretty sure I won't complain that much. but Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's whatever. The... It's four guys who aren't going anywhere because it's 2020 and they've all had their their moment in the sun. So they're just on the show. If they want to 50 50 book this stuff, it's fine. Yeah, it's it's the dads and, you know, people will be happy to see them. And, yeah, I'm glad they're getting a little pre-show spot because they're not taking any time up on the main card. And it's not a big deal, Um, but it makes sense. So we're gonna head on to the main card now. On the first, wait, you're 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 skipping. I mean, it's a dark match. No one's gonna see it but the Tokyo Dome crowd. But we've got a stardom match. We do have a stardom match, and it's uh, yeah. I mean, that's fair. We should talk about it. It's uh, it is a dark match. Nobody's gonna see it but the live crowd because of the political dealings with the TV companies and everything. And uh, despite the fact that Bushiroad owns stardom. Um, I mean, I think it's cool that they're getting a spot on the card. It's fine that it's pre-show dark match. Uh, it just sucks that nobody's going to see it because it might not even appear on Stardom World, they said. Yeah, Maya uh, Iwatani and Arisa. I'm going to screw up these names. Arisa Hoshiki against uh, Hannah Kimura and Gulia. Casey Casey Michael is going to like yell at me if he listens to this. Um, yeah, but Iwatani and Hoshiki are, are champions in stardom, and I, I assume they're they're going to win because they're they're both the, just the champions, and you're probably going to make them look good. I think it's a cool deal. I think it's good that they they got on the show. It's the first step in potentially doing more and putting these matches on New Japan World or and Stardom World and, and putting them live because. It's all under the Bushi Road banner now, so you can start to do it. I know like New Japan purists are going to be pissed off at it, but if you do one special stardom match every year at Wrestle Kingdom, it, it's not hurting anybody, and you're giving these women just more opportunities on a bigger platform. I don't know why anybody would be against that. Yeah, it, it falls under the banner of people are going to bitch to bitch. I mean, it, I think it's cool. I just I hate that nobody's going to see it. Yeah, for that's, sure. That's, that's I, the only I'm, thing. I'm that's you. the only problem I have with it. I'm with you. It is a shame that it's not going to air on anywhere potentially. So, but yeah, so that's a, that is a dark match on the show, and so that will now take us to the main card. We start off with the first of two Jushin Liger retirement matches, Jeremy, and 
going to be rough for me this weekend. Not going to lie. Jushin, yeah. Jushin Liger, Tatsumi Fujinami, Tiger Mask, and the Great Sasuke with um, El Samurai in their corner facing off with Otani, Takiawa, Sano, and Taguchi. And uh, Kuniaki Kobayashi will be in their corner. Um, a little bit of background for this one because I know not everybody that follows New Japan on our site is deep into like New Japan history. So they're probably wondering, why is Liger in a match with Taguchi and a bunch of old guys? Which I can understand. Um, but basically, Fujinami was the childhood hero of Liger and the inspiration for him to get into his business. Tiger Mask has obviously been his regular tag team partner for years. They feuded on and off at times. Um, Sasuke worked with them in the mid-90s when there was the big junior heavyweight boom in Japan. Um, and they also helped put together the original Super J Cup in 94 and J-Crown Tournament in 96. Uh, Otani was both a tag partner and rival to Liger, as was Takiyawa and Samurai. And Sano was Liger's first major rival when Liger started to be considered one of the best in the world and in Japan. Um, their rivalry was pretty much the biggest deal in 1990. It set the standard for the junior heavyweights. And Kobayashi, um, who had a major rivalry with the original Tiger Mask back in 82 and 83, lost to Liger in 89 in his first match with the Liger gimmick um, on the first ever Tokyo Dome. So, so Liger, it, this is just the big Liger and all his friends party closing out. I have no problem with that. I think it's really cool. Probably not going to be any great shakes. I think for the most part, it's going to be these guys playing the hits, which... That's all it really needs to be because it's just a big Jushin Liger farewell party. You know, Liger's going to get some interaction with his former foes and partners. They'll play the hits. Um, I figure Liger and Taguchi will be the ones working the bulk of the match, which again is fine. Um, Liger's been doing the honors a lot during his retirement tour because that's how he wants to go out. And to the point that he was even really opposed to doing the uh, retirement ceremony at uh, the New Year's Dash show. So I think that he'll his team will probably win here because he's been taking so many losses. And I think it's the right match to do it in. Yeah, I, I don't think this match is going to be very long. Um, and... I don't think I think it'll be a lot of Liger, as you said, just kind of I think you'll get a moment with everybody in this match. Just just kind of work a 30 second to a minute uh, kind of spot with, with everybody on the opposing side, probably have some interactions with his own team and stuff. I do think this is one where, where Liger takes the victory because the, the following night uh, he's in a match where because it's Jushin Thunder Liger, he probably wants to lay down for one of those guys. Um so I do think like if you're going to have him win one of these two matches on the retirement tour, and as you said, he he is taking a lot of losses um, heading out, which is, you know, that's what the guy wants to do. Um, so it, uh, that's fine. He should like this is this is definitely a match where you can give him a win, give him a nice little hey, Jushin Thunder Liger picks up the the potentially the final victory of his career, Tokyo Dome. I think it makes sense for him to to win here. I think like match quality is not going to be great, but as far as just like a moment, uh, it's gonna it's gonna be a really cool moment, especially for Liger and, and longtime fans who just know the history of of him. And I admittedly don't know my my Jushin Thunder Liger history outside of some WCW stuff and more recent stuff. Yeah, and that's fair. And I, I don't think a lot of people do, and that's why I wanted to give a little background because I know not everybody <clears throat> fully understands why all these guys are being brought in. 
Um, I tell you, I don't know if you caught any of the Road to Tokyo Dome shows, but the last night he was in a big multi-man tag, and um, he worked this fucking amazing closing stretch of this tag with Okada. And, like, the crowd was going fucking nuts because they were buying into the fact they thought Liger was pinning Okada in this tag match. It was so good, so much fun, and just, uh, he's had a lot of really fun shit in this closing stretch of his career, and just watching everything he's done and how he's going out and the attitude he has, it's like he's leaving wrestling, but this dude is, uh, he's leaving a blueprint for a lot of people to, to follow. Like if you have this awesome career and you're going out, go out the right way. Cause he's kind of paying it back to so many guys. And I really dig that and totally respect it as well. Yeah. Liger is someone who could easily just be like, all right, put, give me a, a farewell championship run put me over some guys like he's he's earned that kind of cachet in the wrestling business and he's definitely going out the i mean he's going out on his terms like the the way everyone says you should go out is you you put somebody over on the way out like liger is putting everyone he possibly can over on his way out like he could have won that suzuki feud if he beats suzuki no one's batting an eye like suzuki doesn't need the the fucking victory and even in that feud liger was like nope i'm putting this guy over yeah, seriously, nobody would have complained because he brought back Keisha Lager, he brought back Battle Lager. You got all these really cool moments. Yeah, if he would have won, people would have fucking loved it. And like you said too, it's like, yeah, he could have won. In theory, he could have went to the office and said, listen, I want to go out with a bunch of wins. Book me against a bunch of geeks like Bushi and Desperado all the time and let me pick up win after win. Instead, he's still working the random tag matches He's doing jobs all the time, and it's just, he's he's happy, and he's content, and he just, yeah, he's just, he's ready to go, and again, I, I do respect that, because here's the thing, it's like, Liger can still go, and he can still have great matches when he needs to, I mean, we saw it in the Suzuki match, we saw it earlier in the year with Ishimori, it's like, the guy can go, but again, he's, he's like, I'm good, I'm done, and... I'm just going to go out while I'm still juicing Liger and everybody loves me. And I appreciate that. I'm going to miss the fuck out of him, but I appreciate it. I think we're going to see that Liger can still go on, on night two as well when he's in there with uh, some some pretty pretty good uh, wrestlers. Exactly. Uh, next up is the first of our multi-man tags on the main card, which is Suzuki Gun, ZSJ, Minoru Suzuki, Taichi, and Desperado facing off with LIJ, Evil, Sonata, Shingo, and Bushi. Again, the first of our multi-match, uh, multi-man tag matches. Um, and I know a lot of people are going to say that this is useless and they're not thrilled about it, and I can understand that, but it is building to Saber versus Sonata for, for the Red Pro title the next night, as well as some hype for the uh, Never Trios gauntlet the next night. Again, I don't think it's super exciting or sexy or anything to super really look forward to. But we also may get another Suzuki Shingo tease out of this because they have teased that match on and off in the second half of the year. And I really want to see that match. I, I'm i somebody who falls into the camp of I'm not super excited for it. I understand why it's there. My my biggest issue is one. I if you've listened to this podcast long enough, you you know I'm a fairly big fan of Sonata. I wish they would do more with him. Two, 
I wish they would do more with Shingo in this spot as well, like then putting him in this random eight-man tag match here. Uh, so I, I think there's guys in this match that they just could have done more with, but I understand, you know, they're they're building towards Saber and Sonata, like that's kind of the the big match that they or one of the big matches they have on night two and so this gets kind of everybody on the card but that's what it feels like it feels like a let's get everybody on the card moment with this match and it does but it also at least it does have a purpose because it is being used to build the two matches the next night but again i'm not going to complain if anybody's not overly excited about it because i would like to see especially shingo used um i would have loved to have uh, have a uh, shingo and suzuki built to better through the world tag league and added to this show but, I mean, hey, maybe they'll surprise us and do it on New Year's Dash or one of the tours afterwards, so. They got nothing for New Year's Dash. It's just a, it's Liger's retirement and It's Mystery Vortex. It. They never announce anything for New Year's Dash. Yeah, I love that. That's one of the fun things about New Year's Dash. Uh, maybe I, the Young Bucks will get their send-off this year. <laughs> I have LIJ taking this one, by the way. Um. Yeah, that that's sure. LIJ can win this. So, uh, next multi-man match is Chaos, Yoshihashi, Toriyano, Big Tom Ishii, and Hiroki Goto versus the Bullet Club team of Chase Owen, Jijiro Takahashi, Bad Luck Fale, and Kenta. Second of our multi-man uh, tags, which is building to Goto and Kenta on night two, as well as the Neverweight Trio's gauntlet as the first match did. Uh, I have higher hopes for the previous match because yeah. uh, this one has a lot of guys that will work really hard in Bad Luck Fale. Uh, yeah, more or less. Like, I I don't care about most of these people in this match. I, I don't care about Yoshihashi. I, I love Yano, but he's Yano. Love Ishii. Honestly, don't really care too much about Goto. Great worker. He's been just, he's a mid-card guy. And they they try to sell him as more. And, I like, I'm not buying it. And maybe the, that's, like, he's... Maybe they're going to do the same thing to Sonata, unfortunately. Chase Owens, good worker. Don't really care for him. Same with Takahashi. Fale is Fale. I do love Kenta. Um, I, I hope he doesn't get concussed in this match. But really, I, it comes down to Yano, Ishii, and, and Kenta. And that's three out of eight. And that's less than 50%. And so I just I just don't really care about too many people in this match. I'm not going not gonna to lie and be like, I'm super excited for this match. I'm not. The work will probably be fine. It's the same with last match. It's to set up a singles match and the, the never open weight gauntlet for the next night. And that's kind of it. It's, it's another match of let's just get people on the show. Yep. Going with bullet club for this one. Um, I'm going with the team Yano. Fair enough. First title match of the evening, Jeremy IWGP tag team title match. Gorillas of destiny defending against the world tag league winners, David Finley and juice Robinson. What are your thoughts? I'm looking forward to a Gorillas of Destiny match. I, I can't recall the last time they defended the titles in New Japan. Honestly, fair. When was it, Larry? You're the you're the New Japan historian. Uh, they had a title match against uh, <laughs> thing Evil was, and uh, Sonata. No, it was um, Ishii and Yoshihashi. That was pretty good. That doesn't count. Okay. Uh, I'm glad it's not Evil and Sonata. I feel like I've seen that a million times. Um, I like Finjuice. Uh, I, their World Tag League run was fun. 
Juice Robinson was great in 2019 from his, his in-ring work was good. His character work was good. The, the feud with Moxley, it's a shame that that never really got paid off um, be, because of the, the typhoon. And then they switched up the plans. But but Juice at least got to rebound with a World Tag League. Seems like he's having fun with David Finley being back as well. Uh, I think they should put the titles on, on Finn Juice here. As far as the work goes, it'll probably be fine. I don't know how much time it's going to get because these these top three four matches are probably going to go super long um but it, it'll be it'll be all right and i do like the grills of destiny from a character standpoint they're they're in ring work i can i can take or leave on most nights but i think finn juice should win finn juice winning the world tag league was a really pleasant surprise not only because they were fresh winners but because it served as a as a culmination of finley's return from injury and it gave him his First real big win and accomplishment in New Japan. And I mean, that's unless you count him replacing Captain Cannabis, Matt Seidel as a never open way trios champion. And I don't. So, I mean, really happy that he came back. He looked good. Him and uh, Juice are a really tremendously fun team. The Gorillas of Destiny are fine champions. They're completely unspectacular, though, because they, they're generally just inconsistent and overbooked, but they have the rare occasional breakout great match. Like they had a couple with the Briscoes this year and the Aussie open match. So it's like, they can be really good. They can be great. But part of it is the, the cliche overbooking of the bullet club stuff. I would really just love for them to have like a 95% regular match with only a little bit. If they absolutely had to, um, I mean, I'd prefer a totally clean match, but I'll accept just a smidgen of uh, bullshit. You know what I mean? So I'd rather, you know, I'd rather it be left out. Um, Girls of Destiny have dropped the titles at the last two Wrestle Kingdom events. And it makes me feel that they're finally going to get their big win at the big show and walk out with the titles and kind of foil the happy days and happy beers for Finn Juice, man. So I'm actually going to go Gorillas of Destiny retaining. All right. Sure. Enzo's going to run in and jump Tamatonga, and that's how they're going to lose. That's because Enzo hates Samoans. <laughs> I think Enzo hates anybody that is in a position he's not in, which is a lot of people. I just cracked up. He, he called him a Samoan, and Tama's like, dude, really? It's like, look at my last name. It even says it for you. Tonga. Might as well be Tamatongan. <laughs> So, so. Eh, Enzo thinks it's uh, Tama Tama Samoan. He gets him and Samoa Joe confused, I guess. Next up, we have the Texas Death Match: U.S. Champion Lance Archer versus John Moxley. Uh, after a lot of speculation, New Japan locked in the rules for the match um, because that was important. Because there's like a hundred different versions of the Texas Death Match. Uh, the match is no disqualification, no pinfalls, and victory only by a ten count KO or submission. Uh, so Mox won the title back at Best Super Juniors, beat Juice Robinson, worked the G1, held the championship for 130 days, and was only ruined by a typhoon, as they had set up the uh, big Juice match, which you had mentioned, the King of Pro Wrestling. So he got stripped of the title, and um, Juice and Lance Archer then faced off for the title, and that gave uh, Lance Archer his, his big moment of the year, which was really cool because... Lance Archer had a really good 2019 that I don't think enough people are talking about. He had a really strong G1 run. He had an excellent match with Osprey during that tournament. 
And I just, I think it's awesome that at age 42, a couple years coming off of back surgery that was reportedly going to end his career, that, you know, he came back after a lackluster run with Davey Boy Smith in the uh, tag ranks and was really killing it with a lot of guys. And it just wasn't that he was working with great workers. I mean, this dude was delivering. He even had a really fun World Tag League run with um, Suzuki. That's one of the uh, few bright spots of that. So uh, Mox returned at the World Tag League Finals, attacked him, set up the rematch. Um, Everybody knew Mox was likely coming back here. And he's been great since leaving WWE. We've talked about a lot of times between New Japan and AEW. Archer, again, having a great year. Um, And it's it's, it's a match that really should be great by all standards because it's going to work to their strengths. They're going to have all the smoke and mirrors with the Texas Deathmatch stipulation. They're going to be able to do all kinds of shit. Uh, Both guys have been delivering. I think either guy makes sense to move on to face Juice the the next night because that's the next match. But I'm going to go with Moxley winning so that we can get back to the Juice match. Um, that's fair. Yeah, I could, I could see that. I'm looking forward to, to this match because they're probably just going to beat the shit out of each other. And I'm cool with that. Um, you know, they'll probably brawl all around Tokyo Dome, tables, chairs, all that, all that good stuff. Kendo sticks. I think Archer will win to, Ooh. yeah, yeah. I, I, I think Archer, I think Archer and Juice, like, no knock on Moxley. Moxley working two matches at, at Wrestle Kingdom would certainly make sense. And it like if you're gonna beat Moxley, like laying him out with a ten count or a submission, that like that's where I have I have trouble fully committing to Archer is man, they're either gonna have to lay out Moxley with a ten count or they're they're gonna have to have him tap out, submit, whatever. And that's that's tough with the Moxley character, but you could have him pass out uh, in a submission or something. So there's ways around it, but you put Lance Archer just over huge if he gets that victory like that over Moxley. And I mean, Archer is a priority over Moxley. Moxley is not sticking around long term. I don't know what the relationship is with AEW and New Japan. Obviously, they're on good terms with some people because Moxley wants to work there and Jericho wants to work there and they're not on good terms with other people like the actual executive vice presidents of, of AEW. So, uh, it's, it's an odd situation and I don't know. I, I but I think, I think Archer's going to win because I, I think they're going to just try to put him over really strong, really strong in this match. I would not hate that at all. I just, I kind of think that if you're bringing in, um, you're bringing in Moxley for this. I think you're going to have him work twice because they didn't get the King of Pro Wrestling match. And they kind of always planned on him working Wrestle Kingdom. So this kind of might be a way to get those two matches in and then he may disappear and not come back for a very long time. But I don't hate the Lance Archer winning things. I think that'd be great to put him over big. I think that'd be yeah, Lance. awesome. I think Lance deserves... I, like, I also don't want to see this title bounce around too much because... I mean, I guess Moxley could win it, and then he he keeps it, and he beats Juice. But at the same time, like if he's gonna win here and then lose to Juice, then you're doing three champions on on two different nights. Um, and I don't know, like don't don't bounce the title around too much. I, I'm never I'm never a big fan of that. I'd rather rather title have people have some meaningful reigns. Fair enough, man. 
All right, moving on. Another title match. IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match. Champion Will Ospreay defending against the returning Hiromu Takahashi. Uh, yeah. Again, if you guys haven't watched the um, the Road to uh, Wrestle Kingdom shows, and I understand if you haven't, or Road to Tokyo Dome shows, if anything, go watch the Hiromu matches. My man looked fucking great. Hiromu don't give a fuck. No, but I mean, here's the thing, though. I know a lot of people were worried because... You know, Hanma had a very serious neck injury and had to learn to walk again and all that shit. And then he came back and he's not Hanma anymore. He's just a dude that walks really slow and doesn't look like he should be in the ring. Hiromu came back and he had speed, Christmas, timing, everything. It was all still there. It was, quite frankly, like it floored me to a point the first night. Like the first 45 seconds he worked with Osprey in their match... And tag match, I was fucking like blown away. It's like you did not expect that right out of the gate. And yeah, he just he's back, dude. And it's I am excited. And I know a lot of people were uh kind of poo-pooing him coming back on those shows, but the thing is, you had to make sure he was alright, you had to get the ring rust off, and the good news is is I think they got the losing out of the way. And I think that's important. Yeah. So, but uh, I don't know about you, Jeremy. This is my Wrestle Kingdom main event. I am just beyond pumped for this. Osprey is my wrestler of the year for 2019. And again, that's fine if you want to argue that, but I don't think anybody has touched him in terms of the volume of top tier matches he put on throughout the year. Hiromu finally made his comeback. Everybody's been waiting for it. Um, it was probably one of, if not the best moment of 2019 when he came back. He's back. He's looking for the championship. He never officially lost. He had it taken away from him. Uh, Will Ospreay just never disappoints in these major matches. And he is out to prove himself again at Wrestle Kingdom because he feels that the junior heavyweight should be higher up on the card. The other thing is he fucking loves Hiromu. And I think much like the match with Amazing Red, I think Will is just going to be extremely giving here. I think that they're going to have what probably should be a spectacular match. Hiromu looked so good. He looks 100% back. They have unreal chemistry. And I think that this is going to be the start of a kind of a new chapter here in the juniors division. I think Hiromu's winning the title back. I think uh, Osprey is going to be moving to heavyweight full-time. And Hiromu's going to move on to feud with people like Robbie Eagles, who pinned him on the road to Tokyo Dome show, as well as old rivals like uh, Ryu Lee and Desperado as we kind of get into a new mix of guys at the top of the juniors. Going Hiromu. I think Hiromu wins as well. I think this match will steal um, the, the Wrestle Kingdom weekend because osprey as you said we, we both had him 2019 our, our wrestler of the year as far as uh in-ring performances i don't think anyone really touched him this year and hiromo when i said he doesn't give a fuck like he he really he doesn't like i watched his matches on the road to the tokyo dome show any concern about I'm going to take it easy. I'm going to ease myself back into it. These are little just multi-man tag matches or tag matches where I don't have to bust my ass and do too much. Yeah, that that was out the window immediately. He's like, nope, I'm Hiromu fucking Tana, uh, Takahashi. I'm going to come out here. I'm going to try to kill myself for everybody. And that's going to be that. 
And I suspect he'll take it up to another level at the Tokyo Dome against Will Ospreay. So I'm looking forward to this match. I think it's going to be fantastic. I will be scared at certain points, I'm sure, because look, the, these guys, it, they know how to be safe with each other, but they also know how to make stuff. It's kind of like uh, Abushi and Naito when, you know, they are, you know, they're, they're comfortable working with each other, but because of their history, there's those scary spots that that look worse than maybe they they need to otherwise. And I think we're going to get a similar thing here with uh, uh, Hiromu and, and Osprey. But it should be a great match. And yeah, I'm going Hiromu winning. All right, now we get into the big stuff, the co-main and main event, Jeremy. The double gold dash. Starting off with IWGP IC champion Jay White defending against Naito. Um... Naito is the one who started the whole double gold talk back in the early part of the year. It was his, uh, it was his big goal. And then he failed, you know, he failed to win the G one. He lost the title to Jay white and everybody right away. Oh, they're fucking up. Naito always lost. And it's like, there's still like four months to do shit. Calm down. And here we are. Naito's back in the mix. He's back in the IC title mix, and um, you know, I mean, I think it's it's a it makes sense because he's again he's the guy that kind of brought it all up. The thing here is that like I think these guys have they've had like great interactions on some of the Road Two stuff, but I, I think we've gotten mixed results in their singles matches. I Jay White I think is really good. I don't think he gets enough credit because people like to shit on him just to shit on him. Um, he's a really good heel. His matches suffer only suffer because of the Bullet Club overbooking trope. It's not because of him or that he's not any good. Actually take time and watch the context of his matches and the work he does. He's very good. And Jeremy, I know you've talked about this several times as well. Jay White's really good at what he does, but it's kind of in vogue to shit on Jay White because I guess he's not Kenny Omega. And he he's like kind of the heir apparent to Kenny Omega, so everybody wants to compare him, and it's it's unfair. Anyway, I think he's done really well. The other thing is like you have that overbooking problem, and then there's Naito who's like fucking physically wrecked. I know a lot of people don't like to talk about it, but he is. He doesn't wear a t-shirt because he's trying to be tranquilo and be cool. He wears a t-shirt all the fucking time because he can't work out his upper body because of his neck issues. He's a guy that, for some reason, though, can still go out there in a big match and fucking deliver a five-star match, as we saw this year with Ibushi. But in that regard, he also reminds me of a late TNA-era Kurt Angle. Because he's duct-taped together, but somehow, you know, he's walking around backstage and everyone's like, Jesus Christ, Kurt can't walk. And then he goes through the curtain and he has a great match. So, with Naito being so banged up, I can understand the argument for Jay White to win here because they've heavily invested in him and it also gives you a legit straight heel in the Day 2 main event. But at the same time, this was all Naito's idea and I think if he loses here, you risk another backlash like when he lost to Okada at the Dome a couple years ago. The only saving grace in a Naito loss here would be that he would face Okada maybe the next night and get his win back in the loser's bracket, so to speak. But that means much less. I don't think people would be happy with that at all. 
So I think that they're going with Naito here, either for the big rematch with Okada or another big rematch with Ibushi. It makes sense, but you can easily, again, make the argument for Jay White to win, especially if you really want a straight heel in that main event. Yeah, I'm going with Naito because for for reasons you laid out, you know, everyone thought his his Wrestle Kingdom moment was going to come two years ago, and and then it never did, and people have really been complaining ever since that, like, they just kind of almost shelved him, and they may have missed the boat with him as the top guy, and everybody was like, don't worry about it, don't worry about it, like, the, the, the 2020 show which is on the weekend, like that's when Naito's going to get his, his big moment. And, you know, since then, he's kind of cooled. And whether it be through booking, whether it be just through, as you said, he's kind of physically banged up and he's not working as hard as maybe you people would like him to. I have no that problem with guy. taking it easy on fucking road two shows, by the way. No, I, no. I hate people that bitch about that. I know you're not, but just there are people like, oh, he, he worked an eight-man tag and only did like 30 seconds of stuff and hit a Destino. I'm like, Jesus Christ. I mean, I, Jeremy, on the last road two show, not to cut you off, I'm sorry, by the way. Yeah. He, you know how he always has his knees wrapped up pretty heavily? Yeah. His like entire left leg was wrapped up. I was talking to Ian Hamilton a back body drop and we were joking. I'm like, Jesus Christ, if this dude makes it to January fifth, he's gonna be a mummy. Cause it's just like every time I see him, there's more tape on. It's like Shibata working the G one. So <laughs> Yeah, I, I like I don't care that he has um that he's gonna take off take it easy on the, the road to multi-man tags. Like that's what they're there for. The majority of the time when Naito has a big singles match, he, he delivers. So, but that said, it is still a thing of, you know, how, how can he, how's he physically going to hold up for, for these big matches? Cause when you are the champion, like even on the road two shows, you're expected to perform a little bit at a higher level than, than he's been performing on the road two shows. So, uh, anyway, people would basically said, you know, don't, don't worry. Naito is, is going to, he's going to be fine at the 2020 wrestle kingdom. Cause it's on the weekend. That's going to draw the bigger crowd. And that's where we're going to put the title for him. He's cooled off for a reason you mentioned and the rise of Kota Bushi, which we'll talk about in a second. And even to a smaller extent, the rise of Jay White, because um, they, they went heavy with him early in 2019 before uh, kind of pushing him back down. But even still, like uh, getting him the Intercontinental title and stuff like Jay White is still one of the the top guys. Obviously, he's in the co-main event here. Uh, as far as how this match is going to play out, it should be good. I, I like Jay White. I think he's a good worker. I think he plays his character very well. We'll probably get the Bullet Club bullshit, which not a huge fan of but i i think it works well when when jay does it it's just it lessens the impact when it's done on the undercard stuff and that's what i worry about we we've got a fallet match we've got a gorillas of destiny match like don't do that nonsense in those matches and then if you keep it to a minimum with gato because gato's gonna get involved uh then it still works because that's just kind of who Jay White is. And if Naito overcomes, which I do think Naito is going to win this match, then like it's it's all good. Um, I think it'll be a good match. I bordering great. 
Um, but I don't think it'll be good as Osprey Takahashi or, or even Okada Abushi. And I'm not even sure it's going to be as good as uh, Archer and Moxley, but they, they can do a little bit more smoke and mirrors type of stuff. Uh, yeah, I think I think Naito is going to win to to set up the the him being in the main event for night two. All right, we agree on that one. That takes us to our main event, IWGP Heavyweight Champion Kazuchika Okada, Short Pants Pop, facing off with Kota Ibushi, our G1 winner. Second half of the double gold dash here. So, like, basically it's like, I think, like, let's be honest, I think it's likely going to be Okada because I think they're afraid not to have him in the match on the second night. Because you have a potential rematch with White if he wins, and obviously the potential big rematch with Naito. Um, and the thing is, is like either one works because Okada would want to still avenge last year's Wrestle Kingdom loss at Wrestle Kingdom. You have Naito going to get back that win from what was the biggest disappointment of his career, and for many fans who just hated New Japan after that. I get that, but I also feel that they've put way too much into Kota Ibushi in 2019. They finally were able to lock him into a contract. He beat Okada in the G1. He won the G1 after failing last year against Tanahashi. And the other thing is, he's 37. Naito's 37 as well, but you would not think that these two men are the same age. Ibushi still looks great. He's not broken down. He will deliver your top-tier main events going forward. Naito making it and winning is a lovely story and all, but what is going to be left of him, Jeremy, after Wrestle Kingdom is my big thing. I would go with Ibushi here. I'm probably going to be completely wrong, and if I am, everybody can laugh at Larry. That's fine. But I am going with Kota Ibushi to win the championship. All right, I agree. Um, I'm with you that Naito or that Ibushi, they've put a lot into him, as you said. I'm not worried about are they're scared of not having Okada uh, main event or the second night. Like they they sold out the second night already, didn't they? Like they've sold who, extremely well. I don't know if it's technically sold out yet, but they've sold extremely well and by all accounts have been ahead of last year's ticket sales. Okay, they'll probably sell it out. Like I don't think you're gonna need uh, Kazuchika Okada in that main event um, to you know, to, to, to boost your ticket sales. Okada's a big draw, obviously, but they've done so much with Ibushi that he can, he can carry that load. And if you put Naito, like the crowd still loves him as well. Ibushi Naito on top is going to draw like, let's be honest. And just the new Japan name, Jushin Liger's last match in the Tokyo Dome, like it, It'll be fine. I'm not worried about New Japan's business, honestly. Um, Booking-wise, Abushi, I think, just makes sense here. Like, you gave him a big G1 run. Uh, you put a lot into him in 2019. As you said, you, you got him under contract and everything. Uh, like, he, he's sticking around for a really long time. He is older, despite the fact that he looks like a fucking god still. Not as good a show, but he still looks like a god. Um, and... I think it's Kota Ibushi's time, and I think he should beat Okada here. Match should be great. Like, look, it's Okada, it's Ibushi. They're they're gonna fucking put on an awesome match. I think you go with Ibushi here. And the other thing too is the reason I I mentioned that he's the same age as Naito is the fact that 
I think that you missed your prime opportunity with Naito to give him that big win and run with the title. Because now he's more beaten up. He's not the same guy. Again, he does deliver in bigger matches. But can he stand up to the rigors of being the champion now, two years after the fact that when he should have been? You have Ibushi at the same age. And like we just said, he looks great. He's still working at an extremely high level. Do you want to run the risk of doing the same thing with Ibushi? And then maybe you get a bug up your ass in a year and go, Oh, let's do it with Ibushi now. What if he's not the same in a year? What if he has another bad fall on his neck, which he's had history with? What if he gets another concussion because he had a bad concussion last year at Wrestle Kingdom? What if he starts falling apart? He looks great, but you never know. I think you got to strike while the iron is hot. That's why I would do it. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, look, they, they've... Okada can take a loss. Like, I think... I don't know if they made a mistake with, with Naito losing a couple years ago because that well, was business, when i was like business wise they didn't because all the business factors went up right and but i but just i mean you do you you look back on that show and just the deflating nature of that match when he lost and how how lost he was after that in the booking when he was so hot it felt like a missed opportunity but the business all made sense and everything worked after it with Okada setting the record for the rain and everything and finally losing to Omega. It all worked out great, but not for Naito. <laughs> right, right. The, this is when I was like first starting to to get heavy in, in New Japan. So yeah, I'm a New Japan noob, if you want to call me that. Um, but it, it, it definitely didn't hurt the business from everything that I've read, but it, it clearly hurt Naito from everything that you, we've just seen over the past couple of years and you know even though it didn't hurt the business you know if Naito was on top could business have been even better we don't know like business probably still would have been good with Naito obviously Okada his reign because it turned out to be a record-setting reign still did really well like if you if you go with Ibushi here and then you go with Naito the next night or you stick with Ibushi we'll talk about in a second I don't think you're like killing the business just because it's not Okada. Like I think we're past the point. Like he had his record setting reign. You can go back to him at any time that you want to, but you're not going to completely kill things. If Okada doesn't have the title and especially with the way they have built guys like Ibushi and they can always heat up Naito, but really with the way they they've built Ibushi this year. So I, I think, um, yeah, I, I think Ibushi is the right call and I don't think it hurts them at all. If they go with Ibushi. I agree, man. I just, uh, I hope that they're for lack of a better word, brave enough to make the move. I'm just kind of afraid that they're, they're not cause Okada is their safe space, but we will find out. I mean, I will be glad to be wrong. So, that will take us to night two, Jeremy, January 5th, Tokyo Dome once again. Open up with our one pre-show match, the Never Open Way Trios Gauntlet match. With, I know you all will be surprised, the champions are actually Taguchi, Makabe, and Yano. I know the belts haven't been around. Commentary even totally made fun of that during the Road to Tokyo Dome shows, because Taguchi wore his belt out, and, uh... It was Gino Gambino said, what the hell is Taguchi wearing, Kevin? He goes, that's a never open way trios championship. And he said, we still have those. <laughs> totally fucking burying the belts, which I laughed at. Um, yeah. Pre-show match, return of the open uh, never way gauntlet, which it gets a lot of guys on the show. It's a pre-match. I have no problem with it being a pre-show match. 
the never openweight titles have been like the regular tag titles horribly booked since their introduction they weren't the worst idea at the time because with all the various factions and on top of all the uh, undercard guys you have without a clear direction these titles could have filled a void and been viable to main event the various main event the various smaller road to style shows but they just they never did that they were just a complete fucking afterthought. They bounced them around a lot. And then, like, these guys are the longest reigning champions because they forgot about the belts forever. So, uh, I've seen... Yeah, but I don't, I don't care about these belts. Yeah, I've seen a lot of bad and boring gauntlet matches in 2019. Hopefully, this one will buck the trend because there is a lot of good talent in here because it's it's Makabe Yano and um, Taguchi versus Ishii, Yoshihashi, Robbie Eagles, Evil Shingo and Bushi, Taichi, Desperado and Kanemaru, Fale, Yujiro and Chase Owens. There is talent in this match to be sure. Um, I think we're definitely going to get a new champion and I'm going with the Suzuki Gun team of Taichi, Desperado and Kanemaru to win the belts, Jeremy. All right, I'm going with the Bullet Club team of Owens, Takahashi and Fale. To win the titles. Well, that seems like the possibly worst boy <laughs> in the world, but okay. <laughs> like, I don't... Uh, the titles... I know it doesn't matter, but... Uh, yeah. they, they don't matter. I don't think you're putting them on Eagles, Hashi, and Ishii because two of those guys can seem like they, they're just above these belts. Same thing with, with LIJ, Bushi, uh, Shingo, and Evil. Poor Shingo. This poor fucking guy. Stuck in a trash multi-man match at night one and then stuck in this nonsense on night two uh yeah kenamaru desperado tai chi sure like they'd be fine and the bullet club guys again like they're not doing anything above this level either so whatever these titles don't mean anything i wish they had the rambo fuck this match yeah i kind of kind of miss the rambo in retrospect now but but of course we'd be bitching about shingo being stuck in the rambo too yeah, for sure. Just do something better with Shingo. How about that? Well, that would have been lovely. I was really hoping for that Suzuki match at Wrestle Kingdom, but what are we doing? All right. Main card proper. Open it up. Jushin Liger and Oki Sano facing off with Hiromu Takahashi and Ryu Lee. This will be Liger's final New Japan pro wrestling match. And I know a lot. I've seen a lot of people down on this match, but it's a. I think I find it to be a really cool generational battle because Liger versus Sano in the early nineties was a huge deal and set the standard for the division. And Takahashi and Lee to me is like the overall evolution of the business and the standard of today. So, I mean, Lee and Takahashi are great. I think Liger's going to fucking bring it. And like you said earlier, work really hard here. I don't know what to expect to Sano. He's, He's 54. He's worked like 17 matches since 2017. Um, I imagine if anything, he just kind of plays the hits here. It'll be a lot of Liger. Um, and again, judging by the way, Liger has opted to go out during his retirement tour. I expect his team to lose here. and would not be shocked if he takes the fall for Hiromu, especially if Hiromu is the champion coming into this. Yeah, I, I think that Viger, um, this is the one where he does take the fall because, I, as we both said, for night one, we think he should probably pick up his last victory in that one. That's one 
where you can you can give him a victory. This match, you know, beating Hiromo, especially if he is the champion, even beating even if he's not the champion, or beating uh, Dragon Lee Ryu Lee, uh, like it doesn't make a lot of sense with Viger going out the door. It would be pretty much everything against he is kind of stood for over this last little retirement tour is beating two guys who are your who are your present and future of the division, like. Okay, it'd be a cool moment, but again, it's it's against everything we we've seen from Liger throughout his retirement tour. So, I I suspect Liger takes the loss here. I think he'll like he'll work really hard in this match, and and I think Lee and like Lee and Takahashi are gonna work really hard as well too. Hiromu maybe takes it a little easy because uh, of the Osprey match, but we're talking about Hiromu, so probably not. Dragon Lee is probably going to bust his ass. Um, I fully suspect that. And Liger, I think, is going to bust his ass as well, considering it's his last match, and he's in the ring with uh, two two outstanding professional wrestlers. So I'm looking forward to this match. I don't know how long they're going to get, but you give them like 8 to 10 minutes, and I think it's going to be a really fun little 8 to 10 minute sprint. I agree. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, this is going to be Liger's last match in New Japan, and I... uh. It, it's hitting me, Jeremy, as we get closer. Because every Road Two show, I was like, you know, it's like, you know, one down, um, like four to go. It was like two down, three to go. It's like it kept getting realer and realer. And I just, I've talked a lot about fandom overall. And like Muda was kind of like my gateway drug into Japanese wrestling when I first saw him in like NWA and stuff. I got into some of the tape trading stuff, and then like on all those best of tapes, you would start seeing Liger matches. And fucking Liger was just cool as shit to me. It got to the point that, like, like, like it was like RF Video back in the day always had a lot of good compilation tapes. And then I think it was High Spots who had a gimmick to where they had a selection of matches and you could basically make your own custom tapes. And every time they got in, like, six or seven new Liger matches, that is what I would have made. It was, like, just Liger, Liger, Liger. And it's just... Watching that, and then obviously Liger did some WCW stuff, which I always thought was awesome. Late in his career, he popped up in TNA a couple times, and just Liger's uh, another one of those guys that was constantly there for me. You know, he was he was always there at some point in my fandom, and the fact that he he's he's gonna be gone sucks. I am happy for him that he is going out on his own terms. I'm happy he's doing everything the way he wants to do it. The dude is a legit legend that so many people could learn from. Because I keep hearing like, well, Liger hasn't really been good the past like eight years. All he does is work multi-man tags. Yeah, that's kind of fair. He's doing a job. He's a New Japan dad. He's fucking working with all the undercard guys. He tags with his buddy Tiger Mask. And the thing was, though, he was always good for the occasional push over the years. And, like, he had a great match with Ishimori this year. A couple of years ago, he had a phenomenal match with Kushida. And you were always able to push him when you needed to, if you needed to do it. So I kind of get pissed off with the people like, well, Liger's not that good anymore. Liger's still fucking great. He's an all-time great. And quite honestly, if you don't fucking get it, you never will. So as a fan, I fucking hate to see the man go, but I am just, I love the fact that I got to watch so much Liger and it's, it seems ridiculous to get like, so, uh, I guess emotionally involved. Some people just don't understand it, but it's like 
through the years, it's like there were guys that were always there, you know, like Flair and Shawn Michaels retired. And then, like, I had guys like Dusty Rhodes and Roddy Piper that were always there, and they passed away. And it's just, it's always changing for various reasons. But I'm losing another one that was already there. And, yeah, Liger's just a legit all-time great and legend. And, again, I'm just, I know there are some people that don't understand that for some reason. And if you don't, I, I kind of feel sorry for you. Dude is, uh, he deserves all of your praise and time. I'm not as big of a of a Liger fan as as you because my my fandom just doesn't go back that far but I understand what the guy meant to the sport and can recognize and appreciate the just how he has touched people like you and and others uh just with his longevity with what he's been able to do in professional wrestling because I mean, the guy's been around forever. He's really wrestled. Dude, the fucking guy, this is how much of a legend Jushin Liger is, and this should tell you how much of a legend he is, even if you just don't get it. This guy was on an NXT takeover, wrestling Tyler Breeze, and, like, the crowd went crazy for him and everything, and, like, WWE and, and New Japan obviously don't have any type of working relationship. They didn't at the time or anything, and, and still Triple H was like, wait, we, we can get, like, a Liger match? Yeah, let's book Liger. Like, that's who we want. So, like, the, this guy, everybody wanted to to book this guy. Everyone recognizes just how big of a legend he is, how much he meant to the uh, kind of cruiserweight, juniors, whatever you want to call them, like, just that whole division. Like, people want to say, like, um, you know, the Rey Mysterio and, and those WCW guys brought it to the United States, and there's, there's plenty of truth to that. But, like, Liger popularized that style really just worldwide and like that that's who this guy is and he's going out on his terms he's, look he's not the liger of 10 years ago 20 years ago that's to be expected at his age the guy can still go we talked about it like the the suzuki match was great the uh the ishimori match where he challenged for the title that match was great as well like he can still have really good one-on-one -on -one matches i think we're gonna see it again here it sucks that we're losing somebody like Jushin Liger, who is just a complete legend in the sport. But I'm thankful that we're losing him on his terms and it's not some catastrophic injury that forces him out or he's, you know, just goes way past his prime and just doesn't have it anymore. Like he is stepping away at a point where people, and he said this too. Like he wants to step away at a point where people are like, why are you stepping away? You could still do this for however many more years. And it's like, well, this is how, you know, I want to be, I don't want to be that old guy just getting a paycheck. I don't want to have that big injury that is just like completely fucked me up. And then I can't like walk or anything anymore. Like he's going out on his terms. I think it's great. I'm sad to see him go, but it, yeah, like you said, if you don't recognize like the impact and the status of Jushin Liger, even if you're not a big Jushin Liger fan, because I'm look, I love the guy. He's had some great matches. I'm not someone who's followed his career uh, step for step and can tell you everything about him. I, I know his his WCW stuff, um, it kind of his, his work in just any kind of type of American environment, and I know his New Japan stuff from like back catalog. Can't tell you like his you know famous feuds and stuff like that, but you should still recognize like the legend status of this guy. If everyone says he's a legend and you're the one guy who says, eh, I don't know. You're probably wrong. I'll tell you how good the guy was too, is the fact that like 
when he had those matches like with Kushida and Ishimori, he's just putting out these banger matches, and it was like so so much of the match you could feel like that old liger coming out to the point that this old fucker made me fall for it two times in those matches. He went up top in those matches, and he had the guy tight in the corner, and I'm like, this motherfucker's going to bust out a 50-year-old shooting star press, isn't he? And he didn't. He just did a top row splash, but that fucker had me convinced enough that he was going to do it. And it's just He's like... do it at was, Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, and it's just like, holy shit. And the other thing that I think a lot of people forget is, you know, we almost lost Liger like 10, 11 years into his career when he had the brain cancer deal. So, like, the fact that he ended up 30 years as Jushin Liger is just more and more amazing when you take that into consideration. So, yeah, um, we've talked a lot about Liger. Again, going to be sad to see him go. Let's, uh, let's talk about some junior heavyweight tag team action. The champions, El Fantasmo and Taiji Ishimori, will defend against Rapongi 3K here, Jeremy. Rapongi 3K won the Super Junior Tag League. Your thoughts on this one? Should be great. Um, I love all four of these guys as workers. I really love Rapongi. Anyone that's listened will, will know that. I look the the junior heavyweight tag division. There's probably more depth to that than the regular tag division. We've both said it for a long time. You've got to combine the these two divisions because if Rapongi wins, cool. I feel like they're always the champions, and, and like I just don't really care to see them be the champions anymore ishimori and phantasmo like if they win yeah they can do the the birds of prey feud if they need to but it feels like that's kind of uh settled as well and that might be a step back for osprey um after the the hiromu match where he, he might move up after that it's just it should be a good match this tag division just doesn't excite me I, i'll go with uh ishimori and phantasmo uh, I largely agree with you. I wrote it the other day, watching one of the Road 2 shows. There was a really great uh, tag match. It was Osprey and Ishii versus, um, I think it was Evil and Hiromu. And it was just fucking great. And it was the biggest example of why you should do an open weight tag team division in New Japan. Um, besides the fact that the two separate divisions are just booked like shit. You could actually have one well-done tag team division in. Ishii teaming with guys like Robbie Eagles or just various guys and you could still do Will and Robbie Eagles as a tag team if Will's a heavyweight then you could just do a lot I wish they would do that um I feel I'm torn on this one because I feel Rapongi 3k have completely run their course as a tag team and I think they should eventually split uh sooner rather than later go on to singles careers especially show who I think can be a junior ace um, I don't think they need to necessarily turn on each other right away. They can remain allies in chaos, occasionally team, and then you build to a heated split. But then you kind of do that. The junior division is all but dead, which is why you need to transition to a singular open weight tag team division. Um, Finjuice won the World Tag League, but I have them losing. So I think Rapungi 3K is actually going to win here. Um, probably not hold them for long, but I think they're going to win. All right, sure. It just seems I, like I just, that's what they do. Yeah, it's it's just tough for me to again get into this division, and we'll talk about the uh, the open weight stuff in a second because got some thoughts on that one. All right, fair enough. 
But yeah, I mean, I think the match definitely, if they get the time, has potential to be great. They've had great matches this year. It just depends on how much time and if they overbook it and all that stuff. But uh, I, like you, I, I don't disagree with anybody that finds it hard to care about the junior tag division. Name me another team besides these four. Desperado and Kanemaru. Who? Desperado and Kanemaru. Who the fuck is those guys? Come on now. <laughs> you love it. Sure. Uh, the, this, the division's dead. The The whole tag division feels dead. Just combine it. Yep. Not going to get an argument from me. Next up, Rev Pro British Heavyweight Championship. ZSJ defending against Sonata, Jeremy. I know you love these two men. What are yeah. your thoughts? Can't wait for this match because I love Zack Sabre Jr. and I love Sonata. They typically have great matches against each other. Glad they're getting a singles match on this stage. Look, all I want out of this match is the return of Taka. All right, I don't feel like I ask for a whole lot. I just want the return of Taka in this match. The match could suck. It won't. It could suck. If Taka returns, I don't care. Be, because that automatically makes it a, a eight star classic in my book. If we get Taka, uh, the match should be great. I, I figured Zack Saber retains, but I mean Rev Pro, like they got to deal with New Japan, and Sonata could easily win and did, then defend the title on the the Rev Pro shows. So uh, I the, the winner doesn't seem like it matters too much in this bout, but I'll go with Zack Saber. Yeah, I'm feeling a Zack Sabre Jr. win here as well. I know that, you know, Zack is great. He, he Him and Sonata always deliver. And I know Sonata's a guy primed for big things um, in 2020. A lot of people thought it might be 2019. Um, but there, there has been kind of like a weird backlash on Sonata I've been noticing online. And I think a lot of it comes from just being beaten like a fucking drum by Okada because it really doesn't help. But I think he delivers in big matches. I have faith that uh, the two of them will deliver again as long as they get time here. Uh, the good thing is even though Zack is part of Suzuki Gun, his matches typically do not involve any bullshit. So that is a big thumbs up for this. Um, I'm interested to see what they, uh, how they work it out because I think it'll be really good. The one weird thing was is like there was supposed to be a tag match on the Road 2 show, but Sonata was pulled. Because uh, he had a facial injury or some shit. And so they did Zack Sabre Jr. and Bushi in a singles match. And Bushi pinned Zack Sabre Jr. Clean. That's dumb. Yeah, and I was wondering if they were doing that because Sonata wasn't going to be cleared for this. But by all reports, he's fine and he's going to work the match. Um, yeah, I just, I'm wondering if... Um, like Bushi somehow gets involved so he can cash in a title shot on Zack Sabre Jr. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I definitely think it has potential to be great. I'm going with Zack to retain. All right. Yeah, I agree, but I just want Taka to return. Well, fair enough. I mean, who doesn't? Communists probably, but I mean, normal people <laughs> want him to return. All right. Uh, next up, U.S. Championship match. Juice Robinson gets to challenge the winner of the uh, January 4th title match, uh, as we talked about. Uh, you went Lance Archer. I'm going with John Moxley. Um, again, they had an excellent match when Moxley won the title. They did some good stuff after that. I think they developed a really good chemistry, and I think New Japan wants to get back to this match to get another Moxley appearance. 
And I think that uh, if that's the key and that's the plan, I think Juice will get his revenge. He will win back the title, and we will have multiple champions over a couple days. All right, see, I'm going opposite. I think this is the, your chance to to really make Lance Archer here. Um, and I, I mean, he's 42, and maybe they don't want to make a, a 42-year-old, but the whole New Japan top of the card is a bunch of old dudes anyway, right? Um, I, I think you can make Archer here. I, I, I think Juice gets his moment with the tag titles the night before. Kind of tell that story. Oh, man, Juice going for a double championship here. Uh, doesn't happen because Archer beats him, and that that's what I'm going. I'm going Lance Archer, picking up the, the double victory on this one. So he's not going to be the, the Bushi, Naito, Okada, Jay White will not be the only person to win on back-to-back nights. I, I mean, I'm not against it. I like it because the thing is, too, is with all the New Japan USA shows coming up, I, I wouldn't mind Lance Archer being a an anchor for those shows. See, a- that's that's why, I mean, this is why I don't think Moxley can, is going to retain on, on top of a, a couple of reasons, but I, I walk out of the, the weekend, the champion, because you've got these U.S. shows and you're going to have to use Archer. Or we have we know nothing about these uh, U.S. shows either, but I feel like they're going to have to use Archer and or Juice on these shows, and so one of them has to have the title. It works even better if you have Archer as the U.S. champion and then you have Finn Juice as the tag team champions, and hey, you can book two title matches on these U.S. shows. Yeah. I think I, I again I don't disagree with you. I think it would be really cool to see Lance Archer get like the big weekend and stuff. I'm not convinced he'll do it though. Yeah, fair. I mean, there's I guess not like a huge reason to be convinced that they do it. That's just how I would do it. But Gato's never gonna give me the book. Yeah. I just think that I it really feels like the original plan was Juice beating Boxley and like having the big revenge story. And I think that they're kind of going to stick with that, but I would love to be pleasantly shocked and Lance Archer coming out of the weekend with two big wins. That'd be really cool and unexpected. I'd love it. So we move on to our never open weight championship. Kenta defending against Hiroki Goto. Kenta arrived in new Japan this year. He was looking to end the memory of Hideo Itami, which I know he personally felt was a big failure as he went to the U S and had his WWE run he uh, came back to Japan, aligned with Shibata, immediately worked the G1, had a really strong run, made it through injury-free, but he got a big mixed reaction from fans. Um, not everybody was happy to see Kenta. Uh, this led to his heel turn, uh, joining Bullet Club, turning on Ishii and Shibata. They, it was a great angle when he turned. Um, he won the Never title. They heavily teased a match with Shibata, but Shibata couldn't get cleared, which gives us Shibata's high school buddy and former tag team partner, Hiroki Goto, going for his revenge. Goto, I know Jeremy is not big on, and he's in a weird place because he's obviously a guy that still delivers in big matches, and he always steps up at Wrestle Kingdom, but I know a lot of people have problems investing in him because He's like a geek that always loses the really, really big matches, like the world title matches. He's like 0-7 in world title matches. Almost as bad as Sonata. But he's always found some success in the Never Division and at Wrestle Kingdom. So I could see them going with a Kenta win if maybe this is all a smokescreen and Shibata is cleared and may return later. But I'm not feeling that. Um, so I think that the story is kind of simple. Goto with Shibata in his corner. 
wins, gets revenge for his buddy, takes the title in what could be a great match, depending on how much time and overbooking there is. Because a lot of the Kenta matches have also had a lot of overbooking, like the Jay White stuff. All right, a couple things here. Hit first me. off, first off, we've we've got a we've got to shame New Japan a little bit for teasing this Shibata stuff with no real payoff. I get Shibata might be in the corner of Goto, and if he is, cool. Um, you know, maybe he'll get involved in some way. Look, when when this angle went down, pretty much everyone said. They're not shooting this angle unless they're fairly certain Shibata's getting cleared to do something at, at Wrestle Kingdom to do this match with Kenta. And then when they did the follow-up angle where Kenta was not so light and didn't give him the weakest penalty kick ever, everyone was certain, oh, they're, they're fucking doing this match at Wrestle Kingdom. Like They're not shooting that angle if it's not a guarantee that, that they're doing this match at Wrestle Kingdom. And we just get Godo in this match. I, I feel New Japan teased something that they, for whatever reason, and I assume it's because Shibata could not get clearance to do a match, they could not deliver on. And I don't think that's a good look for the company because that angle got a lot of people excited and it worked well with the Kenta turn. I think Kenta got some got some major heat off of that. It established him as a big player after the the failed Hideo Itami stuff, but it also like you know they they teased this. People were excited about this, and, and we're not getting it. And it just seems like it was a a waste because it was something they didn't deliver on. And usually, if New Japan is going to tease something like that, they can typically deliver on it. Um, so I think that sucks. And I, I don't know what happened. Again, I assume that Shibata just couldn't get cleared, but don't shoot this angle uh, unless you, you can guarantee his clearance. You you can do, you know, Kenta yelling at him and laughing at him because he turned on him and he's beating up all his friends and stuff. Don't have him attack the man unless you can, unless you're 100% certain Shibata's getting cleared and you can deliver on that match. I think you're 100% accurate, and especially because... New Japan has had a really good reputation over the past few years of they don't do things unless they have a plan and a payoff. And 99 times out of 100, they deliver on those things. Like you sit there and you see an angle play out, then you go, hey, remember two months ago when they did this and it didn't make sense? Now it makes sense. And this is one of those rare occasions where they did something and like you said, everybody was like, well, they're not doing this without paying it off. And unfortunately, it seems like they're not paying off. Again, maybe he is cleared. Maybe it's all a smokescreen. Maybe Kenta retains and they book the match for later. But still, it does seem like a letdown for Wrestle Kingdom after teasing Shibata that we're not getting that match. And again, like you said, it's like I, I try not to totally mock Goto because I do think he does a lot of great stuff. But yeah, it's like I was all excited for Shibata and all I got for Christmas was Hiroki Goto. Yay. Yeah. So, no, I think it's a very fair criticism. Um, I wish they wouldn't have teased it unless they knew he was 100% cleared. They must have felt really confident he was going to be when they shot the angle, and then for whatever reason, they didn't clear him. 
And that's a shame because I think everybody wanted Shibata back, especially after those angles because they came off so big. Um, again, I think the match will deliver. I think it can be great, but um, I totally understand people not really caring because it's not Shibata. Yeah. Um... It's... I, again, I, I don't like it that the, they teased it and then couldn't deliver on it. If if they weren't 100% sure that he was going to get cleared, don't just just don't shoot the angle yet. Either either wait it out or or shoot a different angle to where you're not teasing it so heavily. But yeah, we're getting Goto. Um, the other thing with with the never open weight title, and Larry, you can attest to this. Anybody who has listened to this podcast long enough can attest to this. I don't like this title. I, I think that they could do so much more with it and they, they just don't like it just hot potatoes around like no one has a successful defense. Maybe they have one successful title defense and then the next guy wins it and whatever. Like I just I don't like what this title is. It's mainly heavyweights fighting for it. Like you don't see a whole lot of junior guys going after it. And Will Ospreay, young William uh, in an interview basically said, I do think the, the never open weight championship needs to be rethought. Kenta and Goto will face each other. They're both heavyweights. It's a great match, but the open weight nature needs to be a bigger deal. 100% agree with Will Ospreay. I think when, when Ishii held the title, uh, this is, uh, what, what I said verbatim is like, you know, just have him defend against anybody, like have him face show, have him face Osprey, have him face Goto, Kenta, Jay White, like have him face heavyweights, junior heavyweights, does not matter. But like actually use the open weight aspect of this title because you can do some cool shit with that. Like you can have juniors and, and heavyweights like mix when it comes to this title and they rarely do that. Like it's open weight for a reason. It's it seems dumb that they just don't do more with this title. I have a hard time caring about it. If Goto wins, I'll have even less uh, less enthusiasm to try to care about this title. Uh, if Kenta wins, cool. I do like Kenta. I think he's been good in New Japan as long as he just please don't concuss this guy anymore. Um, but I, I'm not too thrilled about this match just because this title has just completely soured me and I'm just not like a huge fan of Goto and because I wanted Kenta and Shibata and I'm getting Kenta and Goto. Yeah. And I agree too. I really wish that they would play into the open weight aspect more because you could throw in guys like Shingo and show and just a bunch of dudes to have bangers on, on the regular in these matches, you know, Ishii and all those guys. It's just, yeah, there's so much more potential for the title than what they do with it. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe young William will get through to them and we'll see some cool shit in 2020. I hope so. Like Osprey holding this title is again, it might seem like a step down, but then you could do Osprey against these junior guys. You can do Osprey against these heavy guys. And like, it's going to be a great match every single time out. And I wish that is what they would do. I wish they would do more with the open weight title. And I wish they would um, just get rid of the six man open weight titles and just do open weight tag team titles. And if they do all that, New Japan would be perfect. And I don't disagree with actually Will holding the Never title because think about it after Wrestle Kingdom, you're not going to have the IC title, you're not going to have that de facto number two guy. You could easily make Will in the Neverweight title that that number two guy because you know he's going to go out there and put on great matches all the time. 
and he can do yeah. it against a bunch of different guys. So I don't think that's a horrible idea. I don't actually see it as a technical downgrade if he's presented in like co-main event spots and having fucking great matches. Right. So. And I mean, that's where, I mean, even main event spots, depending on the show. Yeah, exactly. I agree. So yeah, again, a lot of potential that they could do with it. So that's going to lead us to the first part of the double gold dash, uh, final night stuff. Um, the losers bracket match. And I think we agreed on this. I have Okada and Jay white in my losers bracket. Yeah, I'm with you. I have the same thing. So, um, I, again, I kind of fully expect to be wrong knowing new Japan booking, but I'm hoping to be pleasantly surprised that I'm right here. Um, I like the Okada white rematch because you can play off of the fact that Okada lost to Jay white last year, at Wrestle Kingdom. Um, I, I don't think it demotes him from the main event scene at all. Um, and you know, Okada would win here, I think. Um, and I, I, I don't have a problem with it. I think it's a strong addition to the card, especially if they work a match like they last, they did last year. Cause they didn't work an overly long match. They worked like a 15 minute match and it was fucking great. Yeah, I I think Okada wins here. I don't know if you can... The thing with Okada is you probably could beat him on back-to-back nights and he would be just fine because he's Okada. Uh, But I I think you can also beat White on back-to-back nights and because he's a heel uh, and like an actual heel who... You know, there's there's no tweener with him. Like there is um, a, a fair few guys in in New Japan. Like Jay White is a heel through and through. He can be fine too. So I think you can honestly beat any either one of these guys on back to back nights, and it would be okay. Obviously, you don't like having your top star lose uh, two big matches in a row, but uh, that's the nature of what they what they've decided to book for this and you know that's what's uh, gonna happen I, I think if it is Okada and Jay White I think Okada wins all right so we're in agreement there next up Hiroshi Tanahashi versus the AEW Le Champion Chris Jericho the pain maker Jeremy and uh the Joker yes uh Tanahashi has teased that if he wins he wants an AEW title shot and Jericho responded basically saying that uh, if Tanahashi won, he would give him one. So um, that makes the match slightly more interesting, especially because we don't know. I mean, we talked about it. AEW and New Japan is friendly enough that, you know, there's contracts to where Jericho and Moxley can work New Japan and stuff like that. But we keep hearing that they're not on great terms and that they're not working together, especially with New Japan running New Japan USA stuff. So, I mean, I don't necessarily see it happening, but it is at least a interesting little thing to add to the match. Um, the build for it started back at Dominion. Jericho lost to Okada, beat him down, Tanahashi got involved, and that was the whole... Jericho was basically pissed off about that, and that's what started things off. And I'm about to sneeze. Excuse me. Bless. Uh, I was trying to hold it off. Um... I'm not trying to dog these guys, but I do think it would be a match that I would have been a little more excited about two years ago. I still love Tanahashi. He can still go and deliver upper-tier match-of-the-year caliber stuff. Um, He's an excellent uh, in telling a story in the ring, but the injuries have piled up. And New Japan hasn't done a lot to make me really interested in him this year, especially after booking him like a fucking geek in the World Tag League. But I do lost like every match. (laughs) Yeah. I have faith that he'll deliver, especially at Wrestle Kingdom. 
Jericho hasn't exactly been delivering match of the year caliber stuff in the ring, but I do think he's been really great as the AEW champion. He will work hard here because he's wanted this match with Tanahashi for a long time. Um, a motivated Jericho and a motivated Tanahashi. Definitely a lot of potential. Jericho coming into this is 2-2 two and two in New Japan. He seems to really enjoy working there, and New Japan seems to really love working with him if they're willing to pay him to keep coming back. And, um, cause apparently he's not cheap. And, um, so, I mean, the thing is too, is Jericho has shown that he can move business in terms of ticket sales and New Japan world subscriptions. Um, we don't know what the hell is going on with New Japan and AEW, but I do like the match a lot. I think there's a lot of potential. I have the feeling that Jericho wins here. Um, cause they're going to kind of pay respect to him as being a champion in another company. And I think it will be used to set up a possible rematch at Dominion 2020, bringing the feud full circle from where it started last year. Yeah. Um, I First off, on the teases, when it, when it comes to that, I, I don't know how much of it is going to be a thing of, hey, if Tanahashi does win, we can, we can book this you know, rematch and this adds intrigue to this match. uh, Or if it's just these two guys, you know, if Tanahashi just kind of said it kind of offhand, it was a, it was a Tokyo sports interview and then Jericho feeling because he's Chris Jericho and he's going to work 24 seven feeling like, Oh, Hey, he said this, I'm going to respond and I'm going to be like, yeah, I'll defend the title. And then if Tanahashi wins, we get like no actual follow up to this. So I'm not, like I'm not putting much stock into them potentially having a championship match for the AEW title. Like Jericho might lose the title uh, to, I mean, spoiler, assuming he faces Moxley in February, I think Moxley's winning the title that night. So I don't know if they're going to, is even going to be like a championship rematch if Jericho's not the champion. Obviously I'm not putting much stock into that. I'm not basing my decision based on, Oh, they they're doing an AEW championship match. I'm basing my decision based on Tanahashi's the New Japan guy. Jericho seemingly loses every time he's in New Japan. And like they're they're not gonna I don't feel like they're gonna book him to beat Tanahashi when Jericho can come back whenever he wants, sure, and maybe he will come back uh before the end of the year. But I just don't know what the relationship is with, with New Japan and and AEW and if AEW will start to crack down a little bit on on guys like Jericho and Moxley appearing on these shows once they potentially pick up their schedule in 2020. I mean, they, they talked about adding live events and stuff. So like if that happens, that's going to even cut out more t- dates where they could uh, potentially go to uh, work New Japan dates. So I- I'm going with Tanahashi as far as the match goes. It should be fine because both guys are just excellent pro wrestlers, but it, it might feel a little half speed for the majority of it. Yeah, I think you bring up fair points. And it's, this one was one of the harder ones to call for me because I think you can make arguments for both guys winning. And I'm not like exactly sold on either one. Um, again, I wouldn't hate Jericho winning because I think you could bring it back for a rematch later on, but... Uh, it, it, as you brought up, it also depends on how, if he's going to be able to get back and AEW's going to be like, yeah, go ahead and work another date. That's cool. So, 
We'll see what happens. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Jericho. Might be wrong, who knows? Might be wrong on a lot of this. Hard to book when you're uh booking a show based on a show that hasn't happened yet, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and that brings us to the main event, IWGP champion versus IWGP IC champion, double gold dash title match, the winner walking out with both championships. I have the final match as Naito versus Kota Ibushi and a rematch of some of my favorite matches of the year. Um, a lot of people are going to say that they don't want to see the match. I hear that every time they have a match, and then everybody talks about how it was a great match. It was a little scary, but it was so great, and they still watched it. So they're going to watch it. Um, I've talked about Naito's physical condition. He's shell of former self. Everybody thinks, I keep reading that people think that he should win here because he failed to win at Okada at Wrestle Kingdom 12, and they think it's going to be this great redemption story. But I just... I don't know if there's enough left in Naito to tell that redemption story and to give him any kind of viable title run for a long term. I don't know how he'll hand, uh, how he'd handle it, you know. And I, but again, I do think that while he he has physical problems, he's not the guy he used to be. He will step up here um, in either match, whichever one he's in. But if he's in the main event, he's gonna he's gonna step up to deliver because he already does. I personally think that. The ship has kind of sailed on Naito, and he can be a guy that's still popular, that's still over, that you can still push at various times. I don't think that he needs to win here, nor should he. I, I don't want a lackluster, short, bland title run because of his limitations. I think that it would totally come off as a we're, we're sorry we fucked up two years ago move. And Abushi is honestly the hotter and better hand at this point. <clears throat> I go with Ibushi. I think you pick. Uh, I may be completely wrong in the pairings for all this shit, but if Ibushi's in the main event match here, I think he wins. And not only do I think he wins, I think he closed night two with him being confronted by his possible next challenger, the man that pinned him at Wrestle Kingdom last year, William Osprey Jr. the third. Okay. Um. I mean, shit, I'm all for Ibushi and Osprey kind of feuding after this. I, I think Ibushi wins as well because, first off, the match should be another great one between these two. Yes, it is a little bit scary when they wrestle each other because it seems like they, they take a lot of unnecessary risk. Uh, like, I'll never unsee that that German suplex spot where Ibushi's head bent on the hardest part of the ring. That was absolutely nutso um but hey it it adds a little bit to the match um and if they come out of it okay it's fine but it's still kind of scary when you're watching it live as far as yeah i i think abushi wins i'm with you on naito like if they do it i it's it's fine but it does feel like a little bit of a yeah this is a make good because we didn't do it two years ago it hasn't like built that you know this is naito's time like the redemption story doesn't feel like much of redemption and i understand like beating white and and beating abushi or okada um would feel like a certain amount of redemption it just doesn't feel like he's had that like redemption work put into me um whereas abushi it's not a redemption arc for him. It's a proving arc of, hey, I'm the fucking best in this company. Like, you know, this is where I belong. And, like, that feels, this feels like the pinnacle 
of it all is beating Okada and then beating Naito or White. Like that, that's what it feels like for Abushi. And like, I think that's that's the story they tell here. Like Abushi's the hottest person in the company right now. So I, I, I think they strike on this. I think it, it's unfortunate for Naito that him actually them not striking with him two years ago maybe forces them to to strike with Abushi here so they don't make that mistake even if you don't want to call it a mistake because Okada's reign was still great and, and the business was good but there was still some backlash uh that Naito didn't get the belt that night so I think Abushi, like you walks away with, with both titles at the end of all of this because he like they've done a great job with him in 2019 and he's busted his ass and he's like he deserves this spot and, and it feels like the right call yeah and i i just i think it's the smartest call honestly so i just saw on uh the twitter machine new year's dash is sold out so they're okay having a, i mean having a strong three-day weekend because it's not in cork anymore it's in a bigger building this year so that's good yeah, they're gonna sell it all these shows. Like by by the time the event uh, is begins, everything everything is gonna be sold out. Like it, it's a good sign that New Year Dash sold out with literally nothing announced but a, a liger ceremony. Like both both nights of Wrestle Kingdom are gonna sell out. I, I think they look they're they're not booking this two night event if they weren't confident that they were gonna sell out both of them because it's the weekend. And, you know, that's the weird thing. I don't know if uh, especially newer fans are going to understand. Like, it's January 4th every year. It doesn't matter what day January 4th uh, comes on. Like, it could be a Wednesday night, and they're like, yeah, this is when we're running it. But because it fell on a weekend this year, they they ran back-to-back nights of it, January 4th and 5th. Um, And I don't think they'd do that if they weren't confident that they're selling out both nights. Yeah, and obviously it's a... I think everything fell into place to do it this year because you're going to do the double gold dash. So obviously you're setting up big matches for both nights. You have plenty of titles to have title matches, obviously. And then you have Liger closing up his career. So, I mean, you have a loaded weekend of shit. So I don't think plenty of titles. You got, you've got plenty of top tier talent too. I mean, let's be honest. Like, you know, um, Tanahashi's only wrestling one of these shows. Like he's only on the second night. Moxley could only be wrestling one of these shows. Jericho's only going to wrestle one of these shows. But you can, you still, you have enough talent between both nights where you have big matches on each night. Yeah, the double gold dash helps. You're going to have Naito, White, Ibushi, and Okada. You're four outside of Tanahashi. Like those are your four top guys, and they're both going. They're all going to be wrestling. Uh, on, on both nights but there's still like neither card like, you've got Hiromu's return w- which is a big deal um yeah like they they have enough talent to to fill out both of these cards nicely as we we just ran down um so it, it fell into place as you said and they they've done a great job in 2019 even before that just building up a lot of these talents and they they've been helped out that guys like Jericho and Moxley want to be on these shows because if they weren't there uh the card would look uh, drastically different but it's it's going to be a good start for for New Japan in 2020 yeah i'm definitely looking forward to it cuz again i think most years uh wrestle kingdom kind of sets the stage for the whole year in many ways there's there's usually matches that happen January 4th that hang on through the end of the year and the match of the year balloting really strongly. 
And it's just usually a really good to great show every year. Lots of big stuff happening. And the other thing with New Year's Dash selling out is too, is like obviously the only thing announced is Lager Retirement, which is a big get on its own. That's going to be a big ticket mover. But, you know, traditionally you have a big angle every year at New Year's Dash in some form. You had like Suzuki Gun returning. You had Jericho attacking Naida the one year. So it's like, I think everybody is expecting coming out of the two Dome shows where to get something kind of big as well. Um, like we normally do. So, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how all day, three days play out. Very excited for it myself, Jeremy. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a very long uh, weekend, but it's going to be a very fun weekend because New Japan shows are typically really good. Like, like the wrestling quality isn't really in question with with these events, especially night one. I think night one's going to be huge. Night two, uh, maybe a little bit more worrisome because you you've got uh, your top two matches. It'll be back to back nights for those guys. Like you know they're going to go all out on that first night, and then your your kind of co main event isn't as strong as it is in night one from a, from a wrestling quality standpoint night one you got osprey and hiromu night two you got jericho and tanahashi i mean obviously one match has two bigger stars but from an in-ring quality standpoint the the other match kind of blows the, the one out of the water so uh but overall like both nights should be a fantastic night of wrestling and then even with uh um new year's dash like as you said they they do a lot of setup on those shows typically and I would expect kind of kind of the same here. So that will wrap us up. That is our big Wrestle Kingdom 14 preview show. Hope you guys enjoyed. This has been the 411 on Wrestling Podcast. You can follow us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, 411mania.com, and any major podcasting platform. Please make sure to subscribe and share the show around. If you have time, leave us a five-star review. And we will talk to you guys later this week.